1: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. Now, every time we have an itch, we're wondering exactly what it means and who might be in danger. It's Sift Pop. Welcome to a special edition of Sift Pop. We're going to do a swift sift. Uh, I'm actually out of town uh, during the normal time we would record Sift Pop, but we figured we'd throw something up for you. And I saw this really interesting and quirky movie, and I thought it was something our host emeritus, Denae Hughes, might like. So I had her watch it as well, and we're going to chat about it. Denae is joining us. What's up, Denae Hughes? Hello, hello. Hello from Mommy Land.
0: Yeah, man, I had a baby.
1: <laughs> how did that go?
0: Oh, I thought you'd be like, how did that happen? I'm like, well... <laughs> That's not something we're going to talk about today on this swift, Sift, Sift, pop, sifty, swiftness. Sifty, swiftness.
1: Show. Shifty, swiftness.
0: It's a good thing I don't name these segments.
1: <laughs> but you're doing good? Everything's good? Little baby's okay?
0: Yeah. Baby girl's doing good. She's cute. which is good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know what was. So you don't mind looking I'll at like, her?
0: I'll, 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 I'll change my answer. She's good. She's healthy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. That seems to be maybe a little bit more important. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, everything's good. But we'll talk about that more when I get back to work. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about Colossal.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about the movie Colossal. Anne Hathaway uh, stars in it, uh, along with Jason Sudeikis, uh, who you may know from Saturday Night Live and some other stuff as well. Um, and this is a unique kind of sci-fi comedy, is what I would call it. Where there's a lot of humor here, but it's a very science fiction uh, type premise. And we don't want to give too much of it away at the beginning. Usually we'll record a separate SIF spoil to talk about the spoilers, those kind of things. In this episode, since we're doing it so quick, we're just going to talk general thoughts on the movie that don't spoil anything. And then within this same podcast, we're going to talk spoilers. So we'll tell you when that starts. And if you don't want to be spoiled, which by the way, I would highly encourage you not to be spoiled on this one. Uh, it's a lot of fun letting the movie tell you what it wants to tell you. Um, then you can you wait and listen to that second half later if you want. Or if you've seen it, you can go ahead and listen to it. But yeah, the movie's called Colossal. And today I'm going to give you the, the privilege of kind of giving the overall look at what this movie is about.
0: Oh, man. Well, I was actually trying to figure that out myself. Like what I would tell someone that this movie is about. Because you said that it was like a drama and mm-hmm. a comedy. A
1: sci-fi comedy. Action. I don't remember
0: what you – sci-fi. I, I would say it's more drama. Okay. Um, Which there are really fun, there are some funny parts in it. I did laugh during the movie, but um, I thought that the plot of this movie or like the character development of this movie was really serious because it dealt with some really serious relationship stuff Mm -hmm. um, and also like self discovery. So I have no idea how I would describe this movie to someone. I think it would, I think. I would definitely steer them away from watching any uh, trailers because I did end up reading an article that the trailers do not portray the same movie at all. So I wouldn't watch the trailers because it may give you an entirely different version of what you're going to see. But I would definitely say it's like a self-discovery movie. It's like a movie of a a young woman who's trying to discover who she is, decisions that she wants to make, and how those decisions affect other people while also being a monster movie at the same time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's, you know, it starts off and it's very obvious that there is a monster movie element to what's going on here. Uh, and so it, it's kind of this weird juxtaposition of, oh, it's a sci-fi monster movie and also this relationship drama uh, and and also a very metaphorical look into abuse, uh, substance abuse, also into the, I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff here about. You know, feminism or being a woman and interacting with men, and I I just thought there was there's some really interesting metaphorical stuff here going on under the layers, which we can't really talk about until probably the spoiler section. But I think it's worth mentioning that it's there at least.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that too. Uh, There is there are some pretty serious stuff. This actually kind of struck a a tone with me a couple of times. Uh, Maybe both uncomfortable and do some real serious self reflection about. Um, just different phases of my life that I've been in and how I've interacted with other people. So I did like where it went, and I did like its more serious tones, and I also liked how it was sort of still lighthearted at times too. But it's definitely not a movie where you're gonna go laugh your butt off from beginning to end. I would, I would definitely say it's not like a straight comedy.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's that's a good thing to to clarify. Uh, when I said comedy, I didn't mean like a laugh out loud. Uh, you know R-rated, you know kind of ranch comedy or something like that, where you know there's a bunch of jokes. It's more the humor is in the relationships, some of the writing, those kind of things uh, that made me laugh. I-, I laughed quite a bit actually during this movie. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, there
0: are a couple of scenes specifically that I definitely chuckled, which is good. I don't I don't normally like laugh out loud, like my friends made me laugh to like cry type thing. Uh But this one had some really fun moments that are stuck in my brain right now that I can't tell you about until spoilers.
1: So what did you like about the movie that you can talk about?
0: Wait a second. Are we going to do liked it, loved it? Come on.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It's a swift sift. There are no rules. Yes, we probably should. What do you think? (laughs) Liked it, loved it, it was okay, didn't like it or hated it. Where would you land?
0: I'd say I liked it and... It, it with certain people, I would even say I loved it with with the right context.
1: Yeah, with the qualifications. Um I, I think I'm just gonna go ahead with loved it. Uh and I think most of that has to do with the metaphorical stuff I talked about. I love it when you can think deeper about a movie that you enjoy watching. So there's like the first step yeah. of just like enjoy watching it. Like it held my attention. I had a good time. I laughed a little bit. And then there's that second step for me where it's like, oh two hours later I'm thinking about it and I'm still thinking, ooh, what did that mean? Oh that's interesting. You know, that's kind of the second level for me and that's why I loved it.
0: Yeah. And I I do also really enjoy enjoy sci-fi movies, so I'm on the cusp of liked it, loved it.
1: So what are some of the things you liked about it?
0: My favorite thing about this movie is the acting. Um, I thought that the lead characters, which, like you said, are played by Anne Hathaway and then Jason, is it Sudeikis? That is correct. They were awesome. And even the other friends kind of that you get to meet along the story, I love their interaction. Um, I thought that they played well together, uh, that they got serious really well together, was definitely the highlight of the movie for me, was just loved watching them in this. I I was in the world. I never really got out of the world. And uh, I love Anne Hathaway, and I thought this was a really fun film to see her in.
1: I would go so far as to say I want to hear her name at least in consideration for awards at the end of the year. This was a wonderful performance, especially when you're dealing with such a a weird concept and yet you have to treat it with such authenticity. And, you know, to be able to buy into a performance like that about this kind of subject matter was amazing. Like, I loved it. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, she was absolutely incredible. I I would love to see her get an award for this. I would doubt that she would because I don't know that it's going to be taken that seriously. But which shouldn't matter. Um, But I loved how she performed in this, and she kind of just sucked me in, and she held me the entire time.
1: And Sudeikis had a great turn as well. Like, he did some things in this movie I've never seen him do before. I've always seen him do pretty much straight comedy with maybe a touch of, you know, emotion or drama somewhere in, you know, a few of the movies he's done. I've never seen him do the things he did in this movie and play kind of the emotional types or the character types that he played here.
0: He's a really dynamic character, too. He definitely gets more uh, diverse as the movie goes on, whereas Anne's character from the very beginning, we kind of have an idea of what's going on with her. So it added a really good element. And honestly, I don't know that I would have liked this movie if they weren't the people playing those parts. I I think this movie was elevated because they were the actor and actress in it, that they were the ones that were kind of – they really just capture you. And so it's worth watching – just to see them act this movie out
1: yeah I think I would agree with that uh, maybe not to the full extent as you're saying I think there's a lot to like about this movie beyond the acting uh, but I think you're right I think this is one of those movies where everything seems to be firing in conjunction to where it's just a great watch like it's just one of those movies that you, you don't get bored in you never feel like oh and here's the other thing that I noticed while watching this movie I was I was ahead of the movie in what I knew was coming by exactly the right amount. In other words, like those, you know, turns of the story, I knew they were coming right before they happened, which is the perfect place for them because you, as the audience, get to uh, figure it out and be smart, yet you're not sitting there waiting for the, the movie to catch up with you.
0: Yeah, like the characters are also realizing what you're realizing at about the same time. Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I love that, too, because then, I, like you said, you're not just sitting there the entire movie going, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've known about that for like 12 hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are watching way too long movies today. If you're waiting 12 <laughs> hours to see something in a movie, that movie is too long.
0: It's the movie of my life.
1: It's it's the last act of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. That's the, that's the only thing I can think that felt like it took 12 hours.
0: Oh, come on. It had to happen that way in the movie. I am one of those people that think that it was a great ending.
1: <laughs> I'm actually willing to anyway. I'm actually willing to die on that hill with you. I, I didn't mind the endings, but I do understand why people felt okay. like there was one after another after the, It's like every time you felt the movie was over, it was like, oh, wait, there's one more ending. So I totally get it. Um,
0: what was one of the things that you uh, liked about it, or did you already kind of mention
1: what you? Yeah, to it? I think the one thing I wanted to mention was I felt like it delivered its information at exactly the right time, and so you were always in the movie. Uh, And the other thing I wanted to mention is it did a lot with a little effects wise like these effects weren't billion dollar effects, but they were big effects and it found a way it managed a way to make the movie seem bigger than its budget actually was by how efficiently it used its effects. I thought that was that was pretty smart on their part.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you're totally right.
1: Anything you didn't like about it before we head on to spoilers?
0: It would definitely spoil something. I would say that there's a couple of plot lines that I didn't think really made sense or didn't really pay off the same way that I thought that they were going to, and so it kind of confused me, whereas I loved the rest of the movie. Um, there was one particular scene uh, in a bar um that we'll get more into here in a second that was uh, i was like is this really true to the character this seems like a quick shift in the character and i didn't really understand why it was there but maybe as we talk about it it'll make more sense
1: the only thing that i didn't like about i really love this movie like i'm thinking like a minus maybe even an a uh, as I'm kind of thinking of where I would land on a grade. But um, but the one thing I didn't like that may actually make it land more at that A-, is there's a character in this movie that seemed like the way the movie wanted the character to be was more important than they used him, if that makes sense. So there's a character that uh, has a relationship with Anne Hathaway. And it felt like that character was supposed to be more meaningful than the movie allowed him to be. So that that kind of bothered me a little bit. I felt oh, like I they,
0: wonder which one you're talking about.
1: Yeah, I, we can we can chat about it. In fact, let's just move on to spoilers. That's what we'll do right here. This is your point. If you haven't seen the movie, please pause. Put it at the end of your podcast playlist until you've seen uh, Colossal, and then come back and listen to the rest of it. Uh, otherwise, once you see, if you've seen the movie, feel free to stick with us, but we're going to talk freely now without worrying about spoiling somebody who hasn't seen the movie. So the character I'm talking about is, uh, the guy that she had a relationship with. I think she slept with him during the movie. Um, at the end, he was sl- it
0: the guy at the bar.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the, so there's three guys, right? Oh, there's Jason okay. Sudeikis. And then there's the, the guy that uh, he accuses of doing blow in the bathroom, uh that's you know kind of the the goofier of the three and then there's the younger guy and like when she meets him she flirts with him and i didn't necessarily buy even the oh, relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. then like it it didn't seem like he was a little weird and yet
0: yeah i actually really liked that character and i'll tell you why because he kind of but he is one of those ones where you could have kind of cut him out of the you could cut the relationship out of the movie yeah he didn't do a lot for the movie yeah, that's what i except thought for that is that it shows her codependency problem and it, that's the depth of her character that was like, I used to have a major codependency problem. And I, I mean, for a large season of my life, it was like I would have one boyfriend and then that relationship would be over. And it wouldn't be very long until I had another boyfriend. And, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time on my own getting to understand myself. And so I'm watching this movie and I'm watching this girl as she is really getting tossed back and forth emotionally with all these different relationships and the complexity of the relationships when she just needs to take some time for herself and heal and figure out what she needs to do for herself, you know, and that, I think that character for me represented that throwaway person that she was making a relationship with when she was drunk and it was only when she was drinking. She didn't have a relationship with him whenever he was, she was sober. You know, it was just that toss away relationship in that midst of her murky waters so to speak.
1: I think I can understand that. I thought the movie was trying to make us believe in that relationship. I thought that's what the movie wanted us to root for was those two to get together. And it just didn't, it didn't seem like that worked for me.
0: You know, but this movie wanted us to kind of root for everybody in a way. And that really confused me. It was actually one of the things I wrote down that kind of got me all emotional um, about it was, you know, you're rooting for her to be with Jason's character at some point, and you're rooting for her to be with uh, the other uh, boyfriend character at, uh, at some point. You're, you're like kind of confused. Uh,
1: Dan Stevens uh, plays her original boyfriend that she starts the movie off with. Uh, you may know him from Downton Abbey and uh, the new FX show Legion. Uh, he's been on a lot of stuff recently. But, um, yeah, he's like her first boyfriend that kicks her out, right, because she's out drinking all the time. And that's why she goes back to her yeah, hometown. Let's,
0: yeah, let's kind of start from the beginning because we just sort of jumped into the middle of the things we didn't like, which while we're doing that, let me just say specifically that the scene that I think was confusing to me was the fireworks at the bar. I was like, wow, Oscar just took a turn quick. You know? I, but anyway, um, I felt like, no, no, but, I
1: have to address this since we're on it. I actually really like that because I felt like the movie, I, I felt like he was turning for a while before that. And and there's, about a, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. about a 10 minute period of the movie, 10 to 15 minute period of the movie where you're like, wait a second, he might not be the good guy. Like he, he might be yeah. really bad. And oh yeah, he's, he's a little worse. Oh my goodness. He is off his rocker. He's lost his mind. Like, and, and again, it's about, it's about alcoholism in some way too right like there's this whole thing where he is going further off the deep end because she's starting to pull back from her drinking and so it's like he's trying to make her join him and you know like there's this real thing about this enabling
0: movie, enabling but also um manipulation yeah i guess like he is such a manipulator and that is is something that you don't see coming necessarily, but, the, but there were a couple of signs of, I'm like, man, that's kind of darker. or man, no, he, he probably should not have said that, but he was drinking. So you kind of just like mm-hmm. shove it off. And that's honestly what, what Anne Hathaway's character is doing too. Right. It's just kind of going, okay, we're going to excuse this behavior, excuse this behavior. But you peel that onion, you peel that onion and you get towards the end of the movie. and You're like, oh, this isn't going to get better. Is it? And then there's a different kind of a reveal even towards the very end. Um, but, Yeah, that was uncomfortable for me. It kind of reminded me of the time that I watched um, Dancer in the Dark. Yeah. Which stars Bjork. And who who was the lead actor in that one? I don't remember. The main male character in that, I had only ever seen him in really positive, good roles. David Morse. Okay, he was in like The Green Mile. And he was in several other things. And he was always played, like the ones I had seen him in, he was always this really a wholesome character. And so when I'm watching this movie Dancer in the Dark and he turns in that movie to something different, I was like, "No, no, no. No, no, no. no. You're <laughs> supposed to stay on the good side, you
1: know." I want I want my old David same, back.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was kind of the same watching Jason, and I think this is what you were kind of alluding to um in the show proper, which was he usually plays these kind of more comedic roles and here he is getting more and more complex. As somebody who has some really deep seated issues with jealousy towards other people. He has not liked Anne Hathaway since they were kids, and he has held this bitter seed for a long time. So when she comes back to town, it kind of undoes him in a way.
1: Yeah, it really does. And to see his descent, and here's the thing here's the thing with the fireworks scene, which it's a scene. Basically, I, actually, I'm I'm hoping you've seen the movie. I don't want to explain the movie if you haven't seen it because I don't. Uh, I, I really don't think you should be listening to this anyway. But it's the fireworks scene in the bar where he sets off this giant, you know, fireworks display that's obviously not meant for indoors. The reason that's important is because it is a step to us believing that he could actually do what he does at the end, which is actually put people's oh. lives in risk. You know, like to like his descent has to go all the way. And if, and if without, you know, those kind of progressive steps of craziness, the end feels a little too sudden, I think. Like a little too, you oh, know, yeah. too much too quickly. At least that's that's how I feel, what yeah. I feel they were trying to do.
0: No, I, I think you're right. Cause, but the whole thing was like when another male character it was when the original boyfriend comes back to town to check on Anne and see how she's doing. Because whenever he kicked her out of the ho- house and back in New York, you know, she hadn't been in contact with him, which – Again, shows another sign of Anne just losing herself in the next place she goes. Um, so I thought that the complexity of her character was really, really well played out, too.
1: And now that you mention it, you've got the three relationships, right? You've got the, the absolutely messed up Jason Sudeikis relationship, which isn't really ever a romantic relationship. But it's this weird, codependent, awful kind of connection relationship and then you've got, uh, you know, the the when you're drunk finding a man relationship. And then you've got this other relationship with the Dan Stevens characters, the original boyfriend, that is more like the um, the savior relationship. Like, you know, uh, it was like that thing where the man is going to, you know, be there for you and you know confront you when you're doing, you know, to kind of be your um, your savior in those ways. So it really kind of deals with all those things that that women might deal with and codependent relationships
0: well and they do a good job too because when the boyfriend does come to town to check on Anne, um there's a scene where, where they're together in the hotel where he's staying and you can see that that the relationship wasn't necessarily a healthy one he's not like the perfect savior he's not like right we'll do lord of the rings throwback it's not like he's aragorn or something you know where he's like yes this is the perfect man ever this is somebody who had clearly been used to talking down to her. Exactly. So you're seeing that she, she has this sort of relationship with guys who put her down and she doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know when to stand on her own two feet. But when it comes to standing up for the innocent people that she's protecting and this really interesting dynamic shift at the movie, because you have over it, this whole sci-fi thing where when she steps onto the playground.
1: I love the fact that we've been talking about spoilers already for, you know, 10 minutes and haven't even mentioned (laughs) like the fact that the whole (laughs) sci-fi premise of this is where these people, when they're on this certain playground, all the way on the other side of the world, turn into giant monsters. She turns into like a tree monster. He turns into a robot monster and everything they do on this playground is mirrored by those giant monsters on the other side of the world and so the beginning of the movie is her figuring out that she's there. And then when he joins her out there, it's him figuring out that he's there. And that's kind of the whole dynamic of you know, seeing their relationship affect the world around them is through these giant monsters on the other side of the planet. It's so interesting.
0: And you're right. There is a lot of things to think about. You've got these two people who clearly do not have a grip on their life, um, who have been given this sort of strange power or happened across it. We'll talk about that huge reveal here in just a second, like why they have this power or this ability. Um, And the people around them are affected by their uh, relationship and the kind of abusiveness of how they're abusing themselves and abusing each other but then you've got this entire innocent culture in soul who are literally being crushed and you know hurt because they are these giant monsters so you can think about it going you can affect the people yourself you can affect the people around you and then you're making a you know, your actions also affect things that you can never really see. And so it's just important to be self aware.
1: And, and it's, you know, in talking about both the relationship aspect, and we haven't touched a lot on the alcohol, uh, alcoholism aspect, which I think is another huge metaphor in this, especially considering the last line of the movie. Um, we, there is this thing that happens when you're in, when you're in an, um, when you're in a place where you're so consumed by your own that you forget everything around you and you're oblivious to the destruction you're doing, what a perfect metaphor that, you know, to that. They're completely oblivious to begin with to the destruction they are doing to the world around them because, you know, they just, they're not aware of it. And I just, I don't know. I just think there's something really beautiful about that.
0: Yeah. When they, st- when they take a step onto this particular plot of land at a particular time, um the image of their monsters appears in soul, and when they do that and they're drunk they you know they have no real memory of it and But then, as Anne realizes that. She has a responsibility. She kind of steps up to the plate, right? And she becomes the protector. Whereas when this other guy realizes he has this power, he uses it to manipulate Anne and get her to stay. Basically kind of weird sort of slave person um, to stay in town, to stay working at the bar so that he can control something in his life that he both adores and hates at the same time, which is Anne herself.
1: So then the movie reveals eventually that, of course, all this came from a moment in their childhood at that where that park is now, which wasn't a park then, uh, where he basically and I loved this scene, by the way, it's it's one of my favorite moments of the movie because I was so with the movie at this point uh, when when it kind of revealed how this happened and they were creating dioramas of cities and hers was soul And it got blown away, and then he went and looked like he was going to save it for her. And so here she's thinking, oh, here's this man that's going to come to my rescue. And instead. And
0: we, the audience, also think that too. We, We are still thinking that he could be the savior person.
1: And instead, he throws it on the ground and stomps all over it, which again is exactly what they're doing in Seoul. And it's this moment in her life. Where something happened to her, where her relationship with the male species took a turn, got messed up, you know, you know. There's this weird thing that happens, and it's kind of symbolized by lightning coming down and striking the top of her head uh, during this moment. And uh, man, I just I found it really moving and, and really interesting. And and in this case, uh, I. I was exactly where the movie wanted me to be with what I had guessed about you know, what had happened. Like I, I was not ahead of the movie at all on this. It, the reveal felt really well placed to me.
0: I did too. I didn't see that coming. I mean I was curious, okay, how is this going to wrap up? Why is this happening? And so there, there was, you know, but I just put it in the back of my head like don't think about it. Enjoy the movie because I was in the movie so well at that point too. Um, I did, I did find myself going, really, you wouldn't remember the day that you were struck by lightning? Like, (laughs) you wouldn't just remember that? Because it seems like she's slowly remembering this. But you would think that it would be that thing that your family would talk about for years and years and years. Do you remember that time that you went over in the construction zone? And, you know, you and... You know, what's his ne- Oscar, from down the street? Both got struck by lightning and almost died. Wasn't that crazy? Like you would think that at the very beginning, they're like, "Yeah, what what happened to us on this day twenty five years ago?" Um, oh, that was the day we were struck by lightning at the construction zone. Oh, you know. <laughs> so, but obviously, that would have ruined the whole reveal of the movie.
1: So I was I was under the impression that they didn't remember. I was under the impression that part of the event was that that it kind of took their memory of that event. Because neither oh, neither one of them seemed to really recall it until that moment, and she has other memory exactly. issues through you know the entire thing, and it's also again very symbolic of going through counseling and having those moments where you mm. actually are enlightened about yeah. why you feel the way you feel, uh, things you never right? remembered in your past that actually have changed who you are. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I think that, that's what I got As somebody
0: has it. had blocked memories. As somebody who has had blocked memories in my past, I I actually have gone through that. So totally true. Really yeah. interesting stuff. Uh, the movie kind of wraps up it in a really interesting way. So um, basically what's happened is uh, Oscar, Jason's character, um, has held her hostage and says, if you don't stay in town, I'm going to show up on the playground and stomp the people's soul every single day. So she kind of comes up with a solution of, okay, I'm going to go to Seoul then. And so she does. She flies to Seoul. So she is now on the opposite side of the planet at the exact same time, meaning that her monster should appear at the playground, and it does. And this is like the big kind of standoff at the end, right? What did you think about this final, uh, this mostly final scene of the movie?
1: I, I loved it. Again, I love all the metaphor of it, of her finding, you know, her own choice, who she really is. Of taking control of, you know, her own situation instead of, you know, finding uh, a blame or giving up or, you know, all the other things that we've seen her do in the movie. Um, yeah. I, I love, you know, the symbolism all around. I love even just the literal interpretation of it, I think, is really interesting. Uh, again, I was I was right with the movie on this when the, there's a, a map that turns over that she sees and she kind of cocks her head. And immediately when she's cocking her head, I'm cocking my head going, Oh, you know? And so it was, it was a really beautiful, beautifully revealed. um, You know, there's, there's a little piece of it where I'm like, well, that's a little bit tricky for her to actually grab him when she can't, when she's just guessing like where, where he's running by, you know, what the robot is doing. Like, you know, there was part of me that was like, Oh, that would have you would not have been able to pull that off because she she like grabs him since she's giant uh, in the playground where he actually is her giant um, avatar. Let's just say in the on the playground actually grabs you know him and so like his robot on the other side is now in her hand on that side. It's kind of hard to explain, I guess, but it's pretty (laughs) intense.
0: (laughs) It's awesome because you know they don't get to see their own versions of themselves and uh, except for through the live feed of soul and, but they could pick people up if they wanted to. It's just that they, they're not, you know, so the, yeah, you're right. This is like that moment whenever he starts to, you see the robot running away and she kind of just jumps forward and grabs towards the earth thinking about, okay, I think this is where he would be. And she gets him. So in her, in her hand is the, not the invisible person. And she lifts it up and, You know, she's looking at him and then it flashes over to the playground and here he is being clutched with this huge monster and he's scared for his life. And, you know, right before this uh, particular scene was the huge fallout between these two characters where they literally go to fist fight like that was extremely uncomfortable to watch. But it shows the dangerous part of Jason's character and how he was like his depth of places he was willing to go to hurt other people was very, very serious. This isn't somebody you want to save at the end of the movie. This is somebody that you're okay with her then chucking into the distance. Are you okay with that ending? Because I was, like, thinking that she was going to maybe put him down. I don't
1: know. (laughs) Here's how I dealt with that ending. Uh, That is the part of the movie where, in a literal sense of this world, I'm not okay with it um, because it's murder, (laughs) right? So there's this this literal sense. But metaphorically, it's perfect. Like, metaphorically, that is exactly what – she was supposed to do with him and I think in that moment I allowed myself just to be 100% in the metaphor so that I could accept it because you're right in a very literal sense I'm 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 never for murder (laughs) that's just you know that's just you know my thing so
0: (laughs) it's like that's on your business card Aaron Dicer never never for for murder (laughs) murder. yes exactly (laughs) yeah i am with you on that i had to go metaphorical too and just see the symbolism of what it means to take away something dangerous and just chuck it away from yourself and say all right as far as the east is from the west i have just flung this away (laughs) and it no longer exists yeah you know and you also have the people of Seoul who are watching this robot be suspended in midair you know has literally been picked up and then is chucked off in the distance and they're cheering you know so it's like you have this entire culture cheering for the the destruction of something that was literally killing them um and it was a huge threat and then her choice to you know her individual choice, which they don't even know is happening on the other side of the world, is ex- extremely empowering for her to have gotten rid of that problem, which was a human being. And, yeah, if if we're talking literally, he needed to have counseling and possibly to go to jail for abuse. But he is now – I don't even know where he is. We don't know where he is. <laughs> He's he maybe –
1: He smashed <laughs> somewhere.
0: He's gone. <laughs> So you said the very last line of the movie. So she walks away. The town is of Seoul is, you know, all happy and cheering. And um, her fling boyfriend person that she was just having a fling with is watching uh, the footage of Seoul's, you know, their attack on uh, at a bar. And he sees her walking across the screen. So he knows that she's in Seoul and he knows what she's just done because there were a couple people that were witnessing that they had this ability. So was that the kind of part where you're like, I don't know that we're supposed to be cheering for this guy. Who is this guy now? You know?
1: Yeah, because he's, he's, he's smiling, right? Like, do they ever meet up again?
0: No, I think it was, I, I think at the moment that they kind of parted ways was when um, Jason's character was really self-destructing.
1: I really like what you said because I think you're right in your interpretation because they don't actually meet up at the end and him smiling is kind of a way to say, you know what, he's not necessarily a bad guy she just wasn't in that relationship for the right reasons. Like she, again, with the codependency kind of thing.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that. I really think that that helps me kind of understand that character a little more. What I was talking about with the, the final line, uh, and I'll just briefly mention it because it ties into kind of the alcoholism part of what's going on. She walks into a bar and basically says, Hey, can I tell you an amazing story? And then she's like, yeah, I would love to hear it. And then the bartender asks her, would you like a drink? And, and she pauses for a second there and then the very final look she gives like as the movie goes to the credits is a movie like as a look like really like you know like do I have I'm gonna have to face this for the rest of my life and it, it just reminded me that the rest of the world doesn't know the problems we've dealt with and so it's this thing that right. I think a lot of people have been through whether it be codependency or alcoholism or abuse or whatever. That, you know, there are going to be moment after moment after moment that you're going to have to confront it just because people don't know. And so it's I just I don't know. I thought it was a really interesting, even a little bit humorous and yet at the same time, deep kind of way in to in the movie. So I liked that, too.
0: Yeah. And I also interpreted her facial expression because she's smiling and she's like, she's OK because uh, like, she's she's actually crying and the bartender is like are you okay and then she's smiling and she's like yeah i'm okay and then she asked her if she wants a drink and her expression shifts over into this sort of like am i gonna have a drink i don't know It was like annoying yeah like she's kind of like oh gosh yeah this, exactly now i have to have this decision you know <laughs> I didn't know if she was actually going to have a drink or not. That was the part that was interesting for me is is to kind of go, oh, my gosh, is she? Is she going to have a drink? (laughs) (laughs) No, there's people on the playground. You can't. (laughs) You're in Seoul. Now you'll ruin
1: us. (laughs) Um, I think uh, overall, this is a definite recommend for me. It's, it's one of those movies that, that just hits me in all the right places because I enjoy watching it and it made me think. So, you know, in great performances.
0: Yeah, man, I would totally recommend this movie. And if you have listened to the spoilers and you haven't watched it, hopefully you can enjoy it while being spoiled on it. Because, again, the acting is really great. And I think that there's a lot of... Um, uh, there's a lot that this movie addresses and there's a lot that this movie kind of stirs up inside of you, especially if you've been in a kind of abusive relationship yourself. Watching someone go through what Anne goes through, um, it, it can just be a really interesting emotional experience. It was for me. Oh, we never talked about the funny parts. What, Just real quickly before you go, what part made you laugh?
1: Um, There were a lot of times I laughed. Uh, I laughed at the way the movie revealed some of its stuff. I laughed at kind of the cleverness of some of the 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 writing you know especially some of uh the sudeikis stuff you know i laughed at some of Anne hathaway's responses to what was going on in her world
0: the part that i laughed at that i can remember i think i always will remember is when she finally tells her bar friends that she is the monster and goes to the playground um and she starts dancing around at one point (laughs) in time um there was that particular scene, but even the scene before that when she realizes she for sure is the monster, she steps onto the playground and she lifts one arm kind of up in the air and then she puts it down and then she lifts both arms up in the air and puts them down. That was so funny and Anne Hathaway did such a great job of acting that out. It was so good.
1: And it's so perfect too because we've all kind of been there where we think we're like on camera somewhere, like in even in a department store or something where they've got the live cams, yeah. <laughs> you know? And we've all done that, where we've like raised an arm real quick to, you know, see the quick motion or something like that. So I don't know. It was it was a weird a weird way I identified with somebody who was projecting themselves as a monster all the way around the world.
0: Yes, it was, but it was so good, right?
1: Yeah, it was amazing. Well, thanks today. I appreciate your time. Thanks for uh, hopping in and doing a quick uh, a quick pop sift, swift shifty sifty McSifterson
0: thanks for the swifty pop my friend <laughs> this is a really fun movie i'm glad that you've recommended it to me it was actually right up my alley i like sci-fi and i like a little bit of drama I like a little bit of comedy so it was great
1: Ah, thanks so much for joining us for the Sift Swift today. Sift Poppy is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to Danae for coming back, even on maternity leave, to talk about a movie. Uh, Much appreciated. If you want to check out her stuff, you can follow her, Danae Hughes, on Instagram, at Danae Says on Twitter. Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at three bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. Find out more information at patreon.com slash studio DNA. There's always lots of ways to connect with the podcast through SoundCloud. You can tweet at us, iTunes comments, or email us at feedback at And if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably enjoy this too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier easier than punching a 20-story robot in the face. We will be back next week to chat about Alien Covenant. So join us then.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies